1: I think there's a huge appetite for a new agenda, for a sense of where are we trying to compete in the world? What is our strategy? You no, know, post-Brexit, it's no good just saying we left it and we're going to have some trade agreements. It's how are we now going to compete in the world? You know, we've created this dislocation in how we used to. You can see it most acutely in things like the auto industry. We created frictionful trade. You no, know, rightly or wrongly, that's what people voted to do now we need a plan for how we compete and that's properly called it used to be called industrial strategy now this government for whatever reason has an aversion to the expression industrial so it's what everybody else calls it so they can't bring themselves to say it but i don't care whether it's a growth strategy or competitiveness it's got to be a profound point of view as to how britain's going to compete
2: the government is sort of trying to address this idea of attractiveness the uk is are the Hunt reforms? Are any of the things that you've seen out of government profound, as you say?
1: Uh, look, I, I just don't. I think one speech doesn't make a strategy. An industrial strategy is has to be profound, and it's not just about our attitude to where we want to compete. What it's about? What skills do we want to have? Don't forget, government plays a very big part in creating skills. You know, the education sector is nationalised. We have something called the apprenticeship levy, which is a tax on skills and a tax on training. Most of that tax, or a large part of that tax, is taken by the Treasury and not re-spent. Other countries are saying, no, we need laboratory assistance. No, we need more coders. No, we need more data scientists. We seem to be agnostic. We, we don't know what we need, and that's not good enough. The footprint of government is too big in the economy to say we're just hands-off, that we let the market decide. Because government does create and shape the future direction. A competitive economy is one where the public and private sector work together. That doesn't mean in an old-fashioned sense of taxpayers' money going into owning companies or anything like that. It means we're working together on regulation, on trade, on investment in skills, on uh, how government supports entrepreneurs, how we shape the tax system. At the moment, that's come slightly adrift post-Brexit. The
2: IPO market in London has basically dried up. There's an issue around pension funds about whether or not they are allowed or are willing or able to invest enough into UK businesses. And there have been various proposals. Lord Lyons, for example, the City of London, Lord Mayor was speaking to me about his £50 billion fund that he wants to try to put money into UK businesses. I suppose, what is your thought on actually trying to make UK capital markets as attractive as they possibly can be, because that's very fundamental to us. It's there, uh,
1: absolutely. And uh, look, companies listing in London is not the be all end of the world, but what what we did have was uh, London was a place where people wanted to list, and as a result, headquarters obeyed, and headquarters bring with them a lot of knowledge capital, a lot of inward investment in people. And then they support the financial markets. If you're headquartered in London, you are like to raise money in London. So, competing as a place where companies want to list and base themselves is a natural thing for the UK to do and to set out to do. And we've slightly lost the plot. Now, some of it's to do with Brexit. I mean, I'm not uh, just because that creates an atmospheric feel for people but some of it also, to with the risk aversion, the, the amount of regulation we're imposing on UK-listed companies, the amount of onerous reporting requirements. Now, I'm not saying it's all well-intended, it's just, you know, the Marks and Spencer annual report is now 260 pages long, and next year it'll be 300 pages long. And, no, unfortunately, an awful lot of that is not actually read by investors. So we just got to think about these things, um, know that Governance, the more and more governance we require, the more regulation we apply on people, all well-intended. It may be that if other countries are not doing that, then you'll lose listings. We've got to think about that. You mentioned the pension. I think the pensions industry is a national tragedy. We have this huge swathe of funds that over the last 20 years we've spent de-risking by regulation. Pension trustees have no incentive to get a great return for their investors.
2: Is anyone in government listening or are we already in transition of power mode? I mean, these issues around pension funds and around creating growth, is there really a government listening or?
1: No, look, I, I think what's happened here is, is that Rishi Sunak has, has arrived in, 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 in a sort of semi-crisis, you know, both the convulsion of the, in the economy and financial markets of the Liz Trust era. So, their focus has been, let's create some stability and let's them fix some real here and now problems. his five objectives, um, uh, which I think I can roughly remember. Anyway, the, 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 uh, I think that was fine at the beginning, but it's not fine for the future. And my advice to this government is, if you want to be re-elected, you've got to be the future, not the past, to coin a phrase. You can't be the fag end of 13 years of conservative rule. And Rishi Sunak is a very different Prime Minister, with a very good grasp of detail, a propensity to analyse and understand things in depth. He's very receptive to these ideas, but there's come a point where you have to set out why you're a real break with the past and competition for labour, and I think that point is near.